Hi everyone, it's Olga Zar from SEOs Live. Today I have a very special guest. This is Kaspar Szymański. Kaspar, how are you doing? Olga, thank you. And uh, thank you for having me on the show. It's a real pleasure. I'm humbled. I was looking forward to this opportunity to be on your show for a long time. Very excited to be here today. Yeah, yeah. I am super excited to have you here because I know you have so much, so much knowledge and I have so many questions for you and I hope to pick, pick your brains a lot, but I also want to get to know your story because I think this is a very fascinating one. So why don't we start by you just saying a word, a sentence about what you are up to in SEO and how you started, when you started, well, like what brought you to SEO? I'm super curious to learn. I'm humbled. This is you're very kind. Thank you. And uh, when you're saying a word, how much time do we have? Because I we have to... at least an hour. <laughs> I tend to talk um, extensively about SEO. I, I'm excited to get carried away. Uh, my SEO adventure started really uh, when I joined Google. Um, that was actually in 2006. I joined the Google search team. Um, and that was, of course, a, a huge privilege. Um, I didn't know it at the time, but it, it, it provided me with the opportunity to gain the insights into how Google uh, search really works. Something that, of course, uh, I benefit from my, my clients, our clients, searchbrothers.com, uh, right, still benefit from. But, um, you know, that, that period, that um, my tenure that um, I, I had at Google, um, that was also an opportunity to meet people, um, other very motivated, very skilled people. One of those guys that I started uh, working early on with was Philly Wiese. Uh, again, he was a Google uh, search developer at the time. Um, and we, we hit it off. Um, uh, Philly, I mean, Philly is a household name in the industry, obviously a total rock star on, on any SEO conference stage. Uh, most people have either met or heard or read something from Philly. Yeah. But uh, 2006, we just we just ran into each other. We started working on shared projects at Google Search, and that collaboration that initially started at, at Google, um, that actually spilled over into us uh, building Search Brothers together a couple of years down the line. So nowadays, we apply what we learned, um, those insights gained. We apply all of that knowledge and a huge volume of data because we are very much data driven. Um, for the benefit of our clients, um, we uh, yeah we are a boutique agency, if you want, boutique SEO consulting agency. We help a handful of clients at any given time, typically in very competitive uh, environments, which is obviously, as you know yourself, uh, uh, great fun and, and uh, yeah, it's a spectacular challenge. Just uh, you're doing yeah. what you what you what you're loving, so this is fantastic. And uh, I have to say, Philly, uh, um, next to the experience at Google, the insights. Um, meeting Philly, of course, all of these things uh, trickled down and helped to build the foundation for searchbrothers.com, which is what we still do very successfully today. The, um, the activities, what, what we do, our job comes with a lot of benefits, um, the fun at work aside. I uh, am privileged to participate in shows such as yours, that being one. Another one is going to conferences and speaking and sharing um, with the public. And that's something I'm, I'm tremendously enjoying. I've been doing this for now 17 years. Oh. Um, so, you know, you, you don't just travel great places. Uh, you also have the opportunity to meet a lot of people, um, to exchange, to learn from other people. So overall, it's a very happy story for myself. And I'm happy to say our clients tend to share that experience as well. 
Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I heard, I read a lot about Philly. I think I like his tool very much. He has this tool for, I think, for debugging speed issues. I think he also now has one for interaction to next paint. I think I was playing with that just recently. So I definitely want to have him on the show as well. <laughs> but talking about uh, Serge Brothers, can you like give me even more details? Like, is there only the two of you or are there more ex-Googlers there? Like what services exactly do you offer? Do you do like standard things that people offer like SEO audits or is it like more strategy oriented? Like, tell me more about it. Okay. Um, yes and no. Um, we do offer, of course, the, if you want, classic um, standard SEO audit, except it's not really standard because it's it's really the, the, the stress, the multi-factor that we really consider uh, quite tremendously that that's really that's really tech, technical factors, tech, technical signals, and that's founded all on data. So when we when we work with a client side, um, especially when there's those are really, really rather substantial platforms, we, we crawl a lot. We crawl both on and off page. We utilize uh, commercial tools. You know, um, I believe we can mention on the show a couple of really good ones there. Um, uh, Deep Crawl um, being one of my favorite nowadays called Lumor, yeah. uh, On Crawl, uh, Botify, Screaming Frog, you name it. Just just to name a, ha name a handful, you know. There is, of course, Write, which is fantastic. Uh, we tap into data from uh, Lingua Search Tools, Majestic, Ahrefs, and of course, Google Search Console and Bing Webmaster Tools. You know, and as, as, a, as, as if you want uh, the uh, Google person or Google ex-Google uh, fanboy, uh, I'm the first one to say Bing Webmaster Tools is a treasure trove of data. So yeah, totally. It's very good. Very, exactly, right? You're on the same page. Um, so we take all of that data, including the data we get from our own proprietary crawlers, uh, both on and off page, factor that in. We dive, of course, into the code. But one thing that we, we do by default, which I, I feel at times is, is, is really being omitted, is the server log analysis. And one of my pet projects, you know, I, I can talk for, about server logs and the benefits of Please do. Please do. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 we, we really need to expand the, you know, the, the, the time allocated for the show. I'm just kidding. No, of course, we, we, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to stick to this one hour. But we do, we do tap into server logs. And at times, we're talking about substantial volumes of data. But the benefit really is that, that having the critical volume of data, we're in a position to actually understand how does how does the crawlers and how does the uh, how do the uh, algorithms understand website signals? Because that's what SEO is really about, right? And um, SEO isn't really about the newest, uh, fanciest uh, trend that is being tossed around there. It really is about signal input, the output, the rankings, the the success that we enjoy, the, the ultimate conversion is is the result of the signals that that we allow crawlers to to pick up. And, and to read and, and to interpret. So that's what we do. You ask about our team. The primary the primary team is the two of us, myself and Philly Visa. Uh, we do actually the, all the heavyweight lifting. We do an actual analysis. Now, we do have a team uh, managing the, the infrastructure, but they are not privy to client data. Um, they would uh, make sure that we're afloat, that everything is in order and working. But uh, we are the faces, if you want, and actually the actual brains of, of the operation. Um, I do believe that sums it up. Um, and if you allow me, we can talk about server logs, but I yes. don't want to monopolize too much. So I'll hand it over back to you if you want. Yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely want to talk about server logs because this is something that I believe I also should spend more time on and 
I think I will learn a lot from you. So you have server logs for, I don't know, let's say a week. What is it that you can really get from this? Like, what are some interesting things you were able to notice from those, from this amount of data that would indicate, for example, the direction of your, of your SEO strategy? Like, what are some things we can find except because except for the obvious one that Google visited this page that many times and, and so what? You're, you're really throwing me softballs, don't you? That, that's perfect. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. It's, it's, Unpack it's that. <laughs> so uh, to answer, to answer the, um, you know, the basic question, what can we do about one week of several of data? The honest answer is, and this, this is just the one right answer. It is nothing, absolutely nothing. It's, it's of no consequence. Um, to begin with, we have to think about the, the website uh, and how large it is. You know, if we happen to have a one page or 10 pages, we're talking really small operation. Server logs probably not going to be critical. So let's talk about mm-hmm. so let's talk about more substantial website. Say um, thousand landing pages. Say, say maybe say maybe something really actually tangible. A hundred million landing pages. Right. Okay. That's that's a real platform. Now, one day of server log data is not going to tell us much. But if we happen to save and preserve raw server logs for an extended period of time say maybe six months, preferably a year, and continuing, that's a different situation altogether. Because now, out of blue, if we if we sift through that data, if we focus on the actual crawlers only specifically, we can understand what is being prioritized by Google, right? And, and we're focusing right now at Google, even though, and this is very important to say, Everything that we do in order to please Google more, any optimization that is working really well with Google tends to work really well with Bing as well. And those 5%, 5% sounds like not much traffic, right? But but if those 5% translate to a lot of conversions, I take that 5% gladly. Totally. So let's park that for a moment, right? So if we happen to have that server log, we can understand this is this is the volume of landing pages that is being prioritized by, by, by Google bots, right? Does it overlap? with the volume of landing pages that we actually want to be prioritized. And, and very often those two circles, mm-hmm. ideally they would overlap hundred percent, but very often the overlap mm-hmm. is minimum, right? So that's the, the very basic first thing where we can say, okay, uh, it seems that the bot is calling our supplemental content. Say the blog, the blog that speaks about uh, pizza recipes while we're selling travel to Italy, okay? So this is really supplemental content. This is SEO content. We don't really care to rank for SEO for, for, for pizza recipe in Italy. We want to rank for travel to Italy, right? Different story, different landing pages. Having that in place, we can understand the crawl budget allocation and we can influence that. But it does not stop there. A very important thing is to understand what are the responses, right? Say for a moment, um, I love the travel industry. We work, we work quite a bit with the travel industry. It's very competitive. It's also very, very much changing. And very similar to retail in this regard, because the offer that used to be available yesterday, that, that travel I was looking for, let's, took, uh, let's stick to Italy, big Italy fanboy here. Um, let's say we want to go to Bologna, right? This, this is, there is an offer to travel to Bologna. It was available yesterday, but somebody booked it and, and it's completely booked out, right? That result is still in SERPs. It can be a product that's being sold out. That result is still in SERPs. Now, the users would click on it, and the return answer to both bots and users would be 200 OK, which is effectively a soft profile. 
yeah. right? Because 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 the user signals, which is a whole different story, which you can talk about as well, because that's very important. So this is one of the critical critical factors as well. But the moment we under we, we see on a large scale tapping into the server logs that a lot of landing pages which can't possibly offer a good user experience because the, either the item is sold out or the offer or the concert is sold out or it may be expired or, or those travels are completely booked out, whatever it is, it's not there anymore. It's completely gone. If we see that on a large scale, those to return 200, okay, we can clearly identify a problem with the culprit because those should be 404s because the offer isn't there anymore yet they are not and this is this is standard this is nine out of ten times this is really happening and you, you can you can probably empathize with that situation yeah. where, where you have to get that message across we understand you want to rank for 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 for, for that particular product so you, so you still want to rank for travel to bologna but you don't actually have any travel offers to yeah. bologna so it's not in your best interest so now we can revert for a moment with server logs in mind we can revert um, for a moment to user signals and try and, and understand how this trickles down to user signals, right? Because those users mm -hmm. that happen to go, and, and, and let's assume for a moment those are also ranking, so high impression landing pages, possibly high CTR landing pages. So those users that are hell-bent on traveling to Bologna, obviously they're not going to be clicking around on the landing page. Most likely they will not do that. They will rather go back to Google Serps refine the query or look for another mm -hmm. result. And by doing that, they're telling Google with their behavior, this is not a good user experience. This is not what I was looking yeah. for. I've been disappointed. Google is determined to provide a good user experience. Consequently, the rankings for that landing page tank and ultimately for the website tank. So server logs provide a mm -hmm. treasure trove of data, which really can be tapped in if safe, preserved, and collected. And this is very important because um, Frequently, we hear two reasons why it's not possible. So once we had that conversation, once we presented all the benefits, the advantages of utilizing server logs, there is, uh, there is often, um, you know, in the back of the room, there are two people raising their hands saying, this is very frequently, um, the, the legal team would be like, I'm not sure that's even legal. Well, it is because you're only saving and preserving bot data, right? It has nothing to do with users. We only care for bots. We don't care how many users actually went to that website. In order to utilize the data for SEO analysis, we want to understand how many bots went to, you know, to crawl that website, that, that landing page. And the other, the other question is, and, and that, that comes from different corners, it's going to be really expensive, right? And the answer is, of course not, because you can gzip the data and hard mm -hmm. drives cost nothing, comparatively speaking. Um, you know, when we're talking about large organization, about an organization that has those 1,000 or, or maybe uh, you know, not just 1,000 landing pages, but really rather 100 million landing pages, a couple of hundred euro for, for, for a couple of hard drives, yeah. really nothing. The critical point really is to start saving and preserving server logs completely and to never stop. Mm, okay. Because, <laughs> because if you... Because this, this, is, this, is, this is something that a lot of operations uh, actually do. We have this conversation, we, uh, we ask people, uh, do you save and preserve some of logs? And they go like, yeah, we do, we do, we do. We, we're, no, we know, we hear your gospel, we do what you're saying. So how do you do it? Well, we save it for a month, then we overwrite it, or for a year. And, and that, are, that is very unfortunate. If it's one year, we at least have those 12 months, right? But if they only save it for a week or a month and constantly overwrite in order to, to actually cut costs, that is actually not enough in most cases. 
you're losing the historical data. And server logs not, not recorded today can never be, can, they can never be you know, found again. They can never be recorded yeah. again. Unless you start recording now, you will never have that, have that data. Um, so long story short, and I don't know if we can do that. I, maybe, yeah. we can share, maybe we can share a link uh, later for our... For yeah, our of course. Um, I, I, I had a pant because this is something where nine out of 10 websites that I have the privilege, you know, working with, dealing with, they don't really utilize server logs initially. So I, I penned an article on search engine then that describes in detail how server logs can really work for you. Maybe maybe we can share I will that. share it, yeah, definitely. Um, in, in order to give people something actionable, something tangible, the one thing that you can start doing today in order to make a huge difference down the line. I, it is also understood that for large organizations that think in terms of, of quarters, so, you know, um, quarterly reports, quarterly uh, OKRs, um, this is this is a very long-term engagement, right? Six six months to twelve months before you can actually utilize the data. But maybe that article that I was I was referring to can be used as leverage for the internal discussion. So we actually make that jump. So we we, we stop thinking for in terms of quarters and quarterly objectives for a moment and think of SEO as a long-term game because that's what yeah. it really is. Totally. And talking about talking about server logs, let's say I am like less less technical. I have a smaller website. Would it be enough for me to use Google Crawl Stats report? Can I get enough out of it, or probably it's not, not really? It's not the same, right? So I think this is an important important point to raise because there is not just those one hundred million landing pages websites. There are also smaller. Uh, I'm not even talking mom and businesses but small and medium businesses if you, if you if you want if you if you happen to be in a very competitive environment you and especially in a high margin environment you obviously wanna want to put your best foot forward if this is a major sales channel if, if, if online is a major sales channel but if that's not possible if you want um if you if you if you're thinking of, of SEO as a, maybe a cost effective way of doing SEO the one thing that we should do at the very, very least is, of course, tapping into Google Search Console data and Bing Webmaster Tools, as, yeah. as you concurred prior. And I'm, I'm so glad you're doing that because yeah, most, 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 of, of, uh, most, most of professionals I talk to seem to be, say, maybe a little bit apprehensive, a little bit uh, hesitant to commit time and resources to Google Search, to, to Bing Webmaster Tools as well. But... In the, in the best case scenario, we're going to have two sets of data that more or less overlap, right? So Bing would roughly say the same thing as Google Search Console. And maybe sometimes um, they actually focus on different bits and pieces of the website. So we get different insights. When it comes to backlink samples, of course, this is a great opportunity because we can improve the, uh, increase the backlink sample that we're getting free of yeah. charge, something yeah. we, we typically have to pay for. So. For those small businesses that do not have either the manpower, um, the time allocation, the resources, or really the acumen, the you know the capacity, know-how to deal um, to deal with with really the, the specifics and 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 very complex matters around SEO, tapping into Google Search Console is the bare minimum. And if for no other reason. There is one main reason, which I believe is also very much close to your heart because you mentioned that prior to our conversation here, and that is 
this is the only place where we can actually confirm a Google manual spam action. This is this is really yeah. a euphemism. It's AKA penalty, right? So at the very least, I should look into that and see, okay, if the website doesn't um, perform as I, as I would like it to, is there at least a message that says, you know, Google found your website to be in violation with Google Webmaster Guidelines, nowadays Google Search Essentials, um, and this is the reason why. And if there is none, there might be another reason. There are there are different reports as well. I did mention um, Soft 404s prior while looking into server mm -hmm. logs. Uh, Google does indicate those as well, not always accurately. I have to say that as well. Sometimes they pick up words such as uh -huh. not found um, to indicate yes. that the product is sold out. While the product isn't really sold out, right? It can be some just in-context words. So it's not 100% accurate, but it gives us an idea. And of course, it gives us the impressions, it gives us the CTR. And this is the part of Google Search Console, which I totally love, right? Because if we happen to look into high impression landing pages, so landing pages that already get a lot of exposure to users, which however have low CTR, this is totally low hanging fruit. Yeah. The only thing we need to do is to make sure that the snippet is compelling enough for the users to actually click on it, right? We already have the traffic. We just need to you know, make this one little effort. So if the CTR is 0.1%, there is nothing there's nothing you can do wrong about it as, as, as a webmaster or as a publisher, because no matter what you do, it's either going to be zero, which makes no difference, yeah. or it's going to grow. And if we're happen to, to be talking about, you know, 15, 15 million impressions um, in, in three months, and that's a treasure trove of traffic that you can tap into. So Google Search Console on every level, but particularly for, for those publishers and webmasters that don't really have the resources uh, required to, to go to the next step. For those folks, Google Search Console is the bare minimum if you want. Yeah, totally, totally. And talking about Bing Webmaster Tools, I, I am like a huge fan of, the, of that tool. I discovered it a couple of years ago and, and I really find it very useful. It is like my another crawler. There is this special SEO section, right? When you can scan the site for like some common SEO errors. And one thing I found with Bing is that generally it is way more, I would say, restrictive, at least at the beginning when you have a new site, right? It can, you may have trouble, at least in my experience, getting indexed in Bing for a longer time than you have in Google. And Bing may demote you for small things like you have title tag, which is too long. I had a lot of such cases. Did you also notice something similar? Yes, to a different extent, I suppose. Uh -huh. um, something that we did notice is that very frequently when we talk about large websites, um, you can compare the volume of landing pages being detected, crawled, indexed, and ranking, right? Mm -hmm. And if, if we look at the bare numbers, nothing else, just those bare numbers between Bing and Google, I would say nine out of 10 times, Google seems to pick up a significantly larger volume. Yeah. But that is something that probably um, is indicative of the crawl budget allocation and the resources that they are being put on Google's site in order to get all the information that is out there, which is what they're trying to do. Now, yeah. uh, I can imagine, and I, I am in no position to really speak um, uh, out of experience working with, within Bing. I've never worked for Bing. Um, I have a couple of uh, peers that used to work for, for Bing, so we talk to each other, but this is really just my personal opinion. It seems to be 
I think isn't committing the same kind of resources. So, so the crow budget allocation is, is less for large sites. Um, they get a lot less, a little bit less data. So obviously they have less yeah. data points and, and signals to to get content um, indexed and, and ranking. That having said, I think one point is critically important when we talk about Bing to give it a bit more of a wider context. A lot of businesses out there um, are uh, absolutely dependent. We have to say that in these start terms, they're absolutely dependent on the, on the organic traffic force coming from Google, right? Uh, which can be okay. However, it is a huge business liability because um, totally. that, that traffic is not given, right? So we're talking only organic traffic. That traffic is not given. Um, there can be a major update that weighs factors differently and that traffic can, may not be forthcoming anymore. There can be a slip up on the server side. There can be an instance of the website being uh, compromised and hacked. There can be a lot of scenarios where that traffic isn't forthcoming anymore, potentially for, for a longer period of time. It can be an issue with a Google Webmaster Guideline uh, slash Google Search Essentials violation, which translates to the same result. I have traffic, I have no traffic overnight anymore, and my business is suffering. And this is where Bing, direct traffic, and other sources come in. Because those 5% of traffic or, or market share that we talked about prior that, that, that Bing, current, Bing currently has in, in, a, lot of, um, in a lot of markets, um, that traffic can be the remaining traffic that I'm still enjoying while I'm trying yeah. to figure out what's happening with, with, with Google traffic. Where did we go wrong? This is the traffic that translates to those conversions that keep, keep the operation afloat. That also means that becoming a brand and the go-to place in my vertical is critically important from a business perspective, not only from an SEO yeah. perspective from a business perspective, because I want to make sure that there is traffic because people know us as a brand, because we, they know what we stand for and they know what kind of unique selling proposition we still keep providing with no regard to whether we are present in search or not. So brand building, yeah. brand isn't a direct signal, right? The, a, a better brand does not get better rankings, but a bigger brand, a more known brand gets better brand recognition. Ergo, it gets more and better, better, you know, better CTR because the users go like, okay, this is the landing page I know. I'm trying to get that flight to Bologna, and this is the brand I'm familiar with. Let's go there, right? So brand recognition trickles down to user signals, with, which effectively improve SEO. But brand also helps us to become less dependent on that yeah. one major source of traffic, which is critical for the business. This is very important to, to think about also from a business perspective, not only from an SEO perspective. Yeah, totally, totally. So maybe let's now switch a bit to talking about Google penalties because we have already touched upon this a little bit. So I, I read you, you, you used to work, uh, you read in, uh, you used to work in, in uh, web sp uh, spam uh, with a team fighting with spam. Did you also get to know Matt Katz? Yeah, sure. Course. Oh, okay. So tell but, but me. But Cuts is, is uh, that's a long time ago, you know? Yeah. I think there, there will be some of our listeners may be like, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> I used to watch him on YouTube, I remember. Okay. So, what it's like to work uh, as part of the web spam team in Google, what it was like? Okay. That's, uh, that's a flashback now for me because obviously yeah, yeah. That's, that's a while ago. Um, 
two, so maybe from two perspectives, if we want working for with the team, um, was a tremendously rewarding experience in the sense that the group of people was spectacularly diverse from every perspective. So people mm -hmm. were were originally from all over the world. They spoke a multitude of languages. Um, I, I'm lucky to, to to speak three languages halfway okay. Uh, that was a total underdog situation. You oh. know, we, we, had, we had people on, on, on team who spoke seven languages fluently and, and not the most obvious ones, you know, not just major European languages, but really languages will go like, wow, you know, where is this, is this coming from? Um, their backgrounds, their experiences, um, they had been people who had worked in archaeology or uh, in medical profession prior. There was a manager who used to be a submarine captain prior. Um, nice. So it was mind-boggling, um, inc an incredible opportunity to listen and to learn and, and to humbly understand that there is so much more out there than just search. It was fantastic. Now, talking about Matt, and obviously this is a long time ago, Matt hasn't been involved in, in Google search for a while as well. Um, he's every bit as charismatic um, in a meeting um, um, than he is uh, out there. Um, great guy to work with. Um, I remember fondly, you know, I, I had, uh, I kind of opened up really um, some of the international outreach operations um, on behalf of Google, uh, of Google search and, and webmaster, webmaster outreach really, because Matt was doing webmaster outreach for the English, for the English speaking um, audiences. But there's there obviously a, another bigger world out there as well. So there was the German operations, there was the Polish operations, Spanish and so forth. And um, so some of the projects that, where I had uh, the opportunity to work closely with Matt was us saying, listen, um, some of your target audience, they are not quite as, as familiar with English. They are not quite as comfortable with, with English outreach. We got to address them in, in, their, in their own respective languages. So we started going to conferences, we started publishing in their languages. That was a fantastic, a fantastic opportunity, and of course, it came with the opportunity, you know, to go to the headquarters, uh, which is not a bad thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, so it it was it was really really great. But I think nowadays, um, working with with Matt Cotts previously, and he was by no means the the only star on the team. He was probably the leader and the, the greatest shining star. But there were other very committed people as well on the team. Working with those folks was a, was of course fantastic, but what what helps me nowadays um, more to understand client situations and address those is um, more operational experiences that I had uh, I had at Google, and that is of course applying penalties. Uh, first, first of course, investigating um, signals, understanding spam signals, uh, in particular link networks. And applying penalties, issuing penalties when when those were justified, and then on the other hand, which is which is more from 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 a webmaster perspective, which is much more rewarding, and that's the other part: lifting, removing penalties uh -huh. when these aren't warranted anymore. Now, doing those things, of course, is something that helps us nowadays um, help clients that have been struggling with either their websites not living up to their full potential or expectations or websites that indeed are um, afflicted by a manual uh, spam action, aka penalty. Yeah, cool, cool. Has the number of manual actions become smaller? I guess, I guess it has over the years because a lot of those penalties have been, I think, replaced algorithmically. Is it true? 
That's hard to say. Um, mm -hmm. I don't have the insight, obviously, anymore. I yeah, yeah. would have loved to retain uh, access to Google tools. Um, they were reluctant. But as, from as, what you're seeing, yeah. like... <laughs> as, as you leave the company, you lose access. You yeah, don't yeah lose, totally, you totally. Don't lose, you don't lose access to your, to your friends and peers. You lose access to the tools. Um, so it's a gut, it's a little bit of a gut feeling situation. Um, I obviously do follow the, um, the public statements. And I'm very careful uh, with those public statements because we're talking about public statements originating from a large organization. So it's, there is the PR team, there's the legal team, there's the marketing team. Everybody is a little bit involved in crafting a very specific message, right? You mm -hmm. have to read a little bit between, between the lines. Um, but uh, Google does share those spam reports uh, every now and then, yeah. once, once a year or so. And the numbers tend to be, um, well, they, they tend to be in the millions. They tend to be tremendous. It looks like the output is growing. But it, it's really hard to make a judgment call whether these tend to be a, a very small minority or a big chunk of, of the operations. Obviously, Google is trying to do everything algorithmic. That, that, that goes without saying. It's not just the volumes that they're dealing with. It's obviously much more efficient. Any manual spam action is actually costly because one human has to, has to you know, create the, the, the investigation, the documentation. Another human has to look into it. All these things cost time and money, and then the process has to be reverted as a reconsideration request is being successfully processed. So I'm a bit hard-pressed to say that it is either in decline or, or growing. I can only say that the, it's a never-ending flow of inquiries um, of prospective clients or, or business partners saying, um, look, we have this thing lingering, um, it's holding our website back. And, and lingering really is the right term here, because if a manual spam action is in place, it kind of doesn't really make great sense to, to improve the website or to have a new release or to do any other things that may be beneficial, conducive to the business, because it is being held back. The result is being held back by the manual spam action. So the, the, the number of inquiries is, is not really adding up um, and people need help with manual spam actions. I don't think it will ever cease to exist. I have to say that as well, because uh -huh. Google has been trying and was in some areas more successful than in others to automate um, to automate spam combating as much as possible. Um, link detection is a very good example, right? Where, where Google is saying, oh, we're pretty good in detecting um, unlegitimate links. So links that, that are not based on, on merit only. That very well may be true. Now, having said, there is still a huge industry out there that is say, selling page rank passing links. Um, and they, are not, they don't seem to be afflicted. They don't seem to be going away. Obviously, it seems to be working in some cases. Otherwise, that industry wouldn't be out there. So algorithmic solutions, while, while very much applicable on a large scale, are not applicable in 100% of cases. Obviously, don't catch 100% of, of all suspect, uh, you know, suspect signals. And for that reason, I do believe that manual spam actions um, are there to stay for the foreseeable time which is not bad news for us as an industry um, in terms yeah. of, you know, for publishers or webmasters because a manual spam action has a couple of advantages in comparison to an algorithmic issue. The manual spam action is clearly, clearly defined in Google Search Console. It says, um, we suspect the website from having um, bought links that pass page rank and that's the reason why. It's, it's not very elaborative. Uh, there is not a lot uh, of examples but at least we have a hint. We know where this is coming from. We know 
this is the reason why Google doesn't trust our, our backlink signals anymore. Or maybe it's content signals. It's actually quite specific. The message is quite specific. Now, um, it also can be fixed. And we would, we would see, after applying for a reconsideration request, which is a dedicated process, processed actually the, the application itself is processed by humans. And we would see, once it's been approved, the message goes away. And you know, we can focus on improving the website again and, and, and growing in SERPs. Um, in comparison to that, any algorithmic issue doesn't trigger necessarily a message, right? So yeah. if the website tanks in organic search, all right, we have to we have to check first, right? Maybe there's a correlation with an art update, right? If there was a correlation um, with a Google update that focuses on quality, that may give us a hint. But um, say for a moment something else changed. Say for a moment that um, the IT team or the developers unintentionally opened up uh, the staging server, and the staging server is completely not indexing everything and canonizing to self. That would be a critical issue, which which is unrelated to anything that Google does, right? Yeah. Um, and, and and these things actually do happen. So with an algorithmic issue where signals don't seem to be conveying the message to search engines that we want, we have to actually investigate first. It's a much more in-depth situation. That's that's where audit isn't warranted. That's where an audit is critically necessary in yeah. order to move forward. So these are two different things. I don't necessarily see um, penalties as a, as a terribly bad thing for two reasons. They can be fixed. And very, very often, these, these situations where a webmaster or our publisher almost gets a heart attack because they get a message yeah. that, they re that is really scary, it can be the beginning of new growth. Big organizations are often reluctant to change anything, right? Especially when we think in yeah. terms of, of quarters. If, if I happen to be a C-level manager, I, I want to have the results next quarter. And with search, this is not a given. Now, the moment that that the website is already suffering, that's a different situation. That the pain is already there. This is the moment where approval becomes much more feasible because, because everybody is, is recognizing that action is warranted. So the manual spam action penalty or even the website tanking without a penalty can be the beginning of actually new growth, not just to the same level, but way beyond that once the ballast and the legacy has been tackled. Yeah, totally. That's a very, very uh, positive, different way of looking at at, uh, at at manual penalties. And I really would like more people to look at this uh, this way. And talking, of, talking about um, getting to know whether it is uh, Google, it, whether it is Google uh, algorithmically penalizing you or is it is something else, something I do is I simply compare Bing traffic, organic traffic to Google. And if they correlate, then usually this indicates this is a technical thing. If there is just a drop in Google, usually it means Google is, <laughs> is awesome. having issues with you. And, and it's another instance where we can see having more data points as an advantage. Yeah, totally, totally. And can you share, is there something you can share about the process of a manual reviewing, reviewing the site? What does it look like? At least as much as you can share, of course. W w without uh, getting in trouble because of the NDA, right? Yes. <laughs> right. Um, not in much detail, but uh, there is, a, there is much de most definitely a very de dedicated um, 
team of humans. So this is a manual, manual uh, process if you want. Experience is a big part of it. Uh, peer, peer checks is a big part of it. And I want to say, and this is not widely known, um, hunch, a spider sense. Uh -huh. uh, you know, like, like, like Spider-Man's having that, that spidey sense and something is coming up. That sense is something that is being developed, was being developed at my time and the team. And obviously, um, obviously, it is a little bit of a hunt. Um, you, you, want, you want to find the result. Uh, on the other hand, in, in doubt, you always decide in favor, you know, you always decide in, in favor of the potential culprit or the website. And it is a hunt situation where you're investigating. Uh, over time, however, you do develop that sixth sense. You, you can take a look at the website um, and you can not straightforward tell this is what they're, what's happening, but you know what you're looking for. You, you know, yeah. you have an inkling you may find what you're looking for, the, the, the confirmation of your suspicion in a particular area. May that be the content, may that be um, uh, an off-page situation. And of course, it also depends very much on the vertical. Some verticals, we have to say that, some verticals are very, very prone to link building. Um, they're you know, they're mm -hmm. very competitive. And uh, at times it's hard to find um, any major players that have not done link building. Um, at some point in time. On the other hand, of course, there are, there are plenty of verticals and even more websites out there where no building, link building is happening at all. And in fact, most of the websites have none or almost no, no backlinks and they don't really care for it because um, their focus is a different one and they don't really need to do that. In, you know, they don't need to build links in order to be successful, um, which would bring us to, to a ver another very important part of, of operating a website being successful and, and doing SEO, which is the unique selling proposition. So um, when we talk about, when we can talk about a unique selling proposition in a moment, but when we talk about the operation at Google, obviously there is no better way than applying for, for, for working, you know, applying for a position at Google search uh, and getting in and, and gaining all that experience. Um, this is however, not really, um, you know, going in detail about how the operation works is not really something that has been published to the best of my knowledge. I will not be the first one to do that. It is exciting work. I want to say that straight away. Um, and it's, it's great, great fun. However, the most fun part of that, the most enjoyable part of, 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 of that work for myself was twofold. On the one hand, it was really lifting those penalties, especially when a website was getting back in Google's good grace, you know, and they fixed whatever it was and, and they could, they could again gain visibility for, for, for the relevant reasons. And the other part is of course, the opportunity to engage, to speak on behalf of, of a major brand, if not the major brand and the product that is so helpful to human lives for, you know, in such an, such a massive way, um, to, to speak on behalf of that product or part of that product. And also engage with the with the audience. And big part of the audience, I'm not sure if, if, if that's widely known. A big part of the audience um, are are so-called um, uh, you know super users or or, or or people that are very committed within Google Webmaster um, uh, forums. And yeah. working working with that community, um, helping those guys, but also them helping us, uh, talking to each other, learning from each other, meeting in person. Uh, be that while traveling or, or at dedicated events, that was fantastic. That 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 human part of the whole operation is really more, make a huge, huge difference, and which uh, 
give one the impression that uh, we could together uh, make substantial difference. I am afraid I cannot go much into detail, you know, of the of the sure. actual operation, even though I'm sure our audience would be interested in that. Yeah. <laughs> but allow me to say, knowing how they operate, knowing how Google, um, how the Google team operates, doesn't translate to an actionable advice for one who wants to rank better. And one thing, oh, one thing I want to say straight away, please stay away from the Google Raters guidelines, because those oh. translate to nothing that pertains to how your website ranks. It's completely unrelated. It's a different topic. Personally, and this was way after I left the company, personally, I thought it was unfortunate those writer guidelines were ever published because they distract. Everyone is going crazy about them. Yeah, it's been a while ago, right? A couple of years ago, it was, it was released. And, and I was like, why would you do that, right? It's, it's not, it's not going to make people's lives easier. People are not going to be able to understand what really matters for the websites. Yet they're going to obsess about things that are unrelated to the actual crawling, indexing, and ranking process. And writer's guidelines, I would totally stay away from, from that. If, if there is something you would like to focus on um, as, as a listener to this, think about the unique selling proposition. Um, this is for every business, be that online or offline, the one thing that helps you stand out, right? What is it that makes people go to your website or to your business? What motivates people to give you their hard-earned money? And in the online business, that unique selling proposition is first experience in the snippets. And that's something that people don't really think about very frequently because they just assume that the clients or the, or the users might understand what the website is about. But sometimes it's not the case. For that reason, we have to tell them, you know, we are brand A doing this and that. And the reason why we're special, the reason why we are the right match for you is this. And this has to be defined. Unique selling proposition, critically important, often overlooked. Yeah, yeah, that's a great tip. And even though Google often sometimes rewrites your meta description, your title, right? If you leave it like blank, you are totally leaving it to chance. If you still put time to, to do something unique, create something unique, there is at least a chance that at least part of it will be shown, right? Yes. And, and this is, you know, in, in order to, to maybe um, also touch on AI because it's on, on so many people's minds these days. And this is a great opportunity to apply AI. Um, what, what's being tossed around as AI? It's, it's actually a language model, but let's, for, let's say AI. For, for simplicity's sake, because that's what's, what's the trend nowadays. So if, if you want to experiment with more compelling snippet representation with your SERP real estate, if you want to make it more appealing for more users to actually give it the benefit of doubt and click on the result, that's a great opportunity. Here is where AI can be, can be utilized in order to experiment, to see what, what's working best. You don't have to do that manually. And obviously, it, it's, you know, it's difficult at times because... It, was those 100 million landing pages that we keep talking about can optimize every single one of them off the bat. But you, yeah. can, you can start with, with high, high impression and low CTR, potential cash cows, and see where it goes and build a case in order to get more resources in order to improve a larger section of the website. I, I think AI, just to tap on that, has great applications um, in some areas. And then, you know, software development or general development um, is one of those. Um, it is, however, about the signal input still. Just to revert back to what we were saying at the beginning, um, how, we, how we create the data, how we create the, 
um, the, the content because data equally well can be content. Um, how we do those things is not so important as how the quality turns out to be and how it's read and understood by search engine, first crawlers, then algorithms, of course. Yeah, totally, totally. And maybe one more question about um, manual actions. So yes. a while ago, I was like reading Google documentation and the actual list of those manual action is quite, quite long. I, I used to think, and I think a lot of people still think that manual action is usually for links. But can you talk about different types of manual actions, maybe the ones you have direct experience with and which ones were used to be like the most popular ones or the least popular popular ones? I'm very curious again to learn this. Absolutely. Now we're definitely going to go over time because this is, this is, this is <laughs> totally a pet project. So, so yes, uh, um, of course, I, I, I did apply and, uh, and lift any kind of penalties out there and you're absolutely right saying it's not just about backlinks and backlinks the reason for for a manual spam action aka penalty uh, can be backlinks it's not it's maybe one of the more frequent ones it is not the only one the reasons for for applying a penalty can be manifold uh, back in the days you know long time ago it could have been cloaking which is which is hardly ever used these days by, by major mm -hmm. websites um, doorways it's a very very common one so uh, if we happen to have landing pages which actually redirect to another source, often a central source, be that a dedicated landing page or the, maybe the root, that's the right behavior. That's something Google disapproves of because the user is supposed to be able to access um, the actual content straight away off the bat without clicking uh, through an inter intermediary uh, landing page. So doorway behavior is something that can trigger a manual spam action. Low quality content very well can trigger a similar situation. And the consequences of those um, often can be described as, as, as a steep decline. So there was a drop in, in ranking and subsequent decides um, often slowly declines further uh -huh. until further notice, until the issue is, is, is being addressed. Um, I do want to, however, touch also, because there is a multitude of penalties out there, I do want to touch on one penalty, which is very little known, and there is a very good reason for that, and that's, that's a penalty, a manual spam action that is being applied for websites that actually sell Patreon passing links. Mm -hmm. And that kind of penalty, you never ever hear anyone saying, oh, we got penalized because, you know, because we are suspected of selling backlinks. And the reason for that is obvious. If you can think about the major media outlets out there, um, say the top 10 of any respective country, the majority of those do sell links. We yes. have to say that. We, say, we know that. Totally. We, I work at SEO agencies. I know. Exactly. We, we, you know that, or, or listeners know that. Google knows it. So those guys, they obviously utilize Google Search Console as well. <clears throat> they would get the message. We believe you're selling Patreon passing links. Um, you know, it's part of your business model. It doesn't actually say that, but it's, it's kind of a given. Uh, we don't trust the links that you send out anymore. Um, other than that, your website is fine. Now, none of those guys, none of those media outlets go out there uh, and go to their customers that are paying for those backlinks. Stop you know buying them. Google, Google, Google caught us red-handed. What do we do now? Obviously, they, they do none of that, mm -hmm. right? They keep selling those links, even though those links are obviously compromised 
Now, yeah. those, those links are also a great source of identifying websites that are buying drinks. So oh. it's actually a risk, right? It's actually a risk for, for, for their clients. The, 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 message, the message is straightforward in Google Search Console. Obviously, it can be fixed. I rarely recall anybody saying, we got a message that says we're selling links. We want to get rid of that. Can you, fi can you help us fix that? They don't care. They keep selling, right? <laughs> this, is, this is something that is being left to linger. Oh. It's one of those penalties that where you can, you can go ahead and wait until it expires. It takes a very long time as any penalty, a couple of years. Um, but it will be reapplied. It will be reissued once the site is being reviewed again because, it, because, the, penalty, because the penalty expired over time. Um, you can live with that. You can't live with, with, a, with a doorway, uh, doorway website uh, penalty. You can't live with that. You can't live with a low content, thin content penalty. You can't really live with a link buyer or a website that was identified as, as buying links penalty. But the website that sells links, you can probably live that with that as well and ranks still really rather fairly well. So there is a multitude of those penalties and they translate to different consequences, including a complete removal, which I have to say is very, very rare. It's a mm -hmm. very severe penalty because obviously even the site operator won't return zero results. So this is, this is the, the nuclear option, if you want. Um, and because there mm -hmm. is so much ambiguity about that, because there is so many different uh, uh, information, there's so much information being disseminated about that and different experiences, of, of course. I actually did write an article, which I would again be happy to share if you're willing. Of course, to yeah, with our listeners. of course. Um, it's, it's the ultimate, it's the ultimate um, Google penalty guide, um, which uh, I shared, uh, I published with Search Engine Land. It was one of the longest articles I've actually ever built. You know, I, 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 I drafted it. Um, and uh, as of today, it is, uh, I think, one of the, the most useful ones because it helps people understand these are the penalties, this is what they translate to, and this is how to fix them. This is, this is the important part, right? Those penalties can be addressed. There is a reconsideration request process, a dedicated process um, that is specifically meant only for website operators and, and, and publishers that happen to have a penalty and they want to get back into Google's good grace. They want to play again by Google Webmaster Guidelines slash Google Search Essentials, those, those, that rule set. Um, so they can they can submit a rationale. Um, I use I used to process those rationales on Google's end. So if I may give you an advice, if you're a listener um, and, and in need of a reconsideration request, please be brief. This is very very important. Oh. Starting starting off with hi, uh, my name is John Doe. I'm the CEO of the John Doe in company. Um, I have four five five hundred employees. Um, and a large family to support. Um, this is all nice. Yeah, I'm not going to go any further, but this is, this is additional information that is really not useful in the context of the process for the person actually doing the work on Google Send. I would very much rather have preferred to, to get a message that says, hi, this is what we have done. Please have a look. Now, the what we have done part is important, right? Uh -huh. If the website is penalized, being penalized for for backlinks it doesn't really make great sense to remove the rich snippets or to or to tackle uh, content issues because that's not the reason and the reason is backlinks so i would rather prefer to have something along the lines of we couldn't really remove those links you know because 
let's face it, removing links is difficult. But uh, we have created a new decimal file that includes 10,000 patterns on um, domain, domain level patterns, um, which we now have submitted to through the decimal tool. Please have a look. Um, and of course, it helps if it's an edge case. If you're, you know, if you're like doing the minimum amount of work, but you want to make sure that it's it's still successful, I personally would add going forward, we commit to abide by Google Search Essentials or Google Webmaster uh, guidelines. I would I would add that sentence. It, it can give you a little bit of an edge. Mm. One thing. Um, that is important to know about the uh, reconsideration request is, however, that there is no confirmed turnaround time. And this yeah, is that was supposed to be my next question. How long and why? How, why so long? <laughs> Small piece of information, right? Small piece, but, but critical because, because sometimes uh, my, my personal experience of working with clients is uh, uh, Q4 is a good time, right? Q4, generally mm -hmm. fewer products, so more time allocation to, to deal with reconsideration requests. But if you have a penalty, you don't have the luxury of waiting until Q4. <laughs> um, uh, we have experienced really anything between eight hours uh, and um, mm. I, I really want to say almost eight months. Uh, well, eight months would be probably an overstep, but four months, anything is possible. So really swift, really, really quick responses, one way or the other saying um, you're, you're, you're back on, on track or, you know, the reconsideration request has been rejected um, or, um, or really months-long waiting, anything is possible, which is something to remember when we consciously choose to utilize black hat methods. And I'm, I'm the last person to say, um, you know, <clears throat> it's every webmaster's personal choice. It's a business decision because it's a risk. And it offers potential gains in a short period of time. And, uh, and there is, of, of course, a price to be paid, a penalty possibly. If you're willing to do that as a webmaster, that's perfectly fine. It's your own risk. But be aware that fixing the issue down the line in the long game can take a very, very long time. And if, if you can deal with that, if this is acceptable, perfectly fine. But if this is something that would really impair your business, I would reconsider it. It will also help you sleep better at night if you're not, yeah. if you're not fretting about the penalty. Because you, you, know, you know what you're doing is, is really rather problematic. Another important thing about penalties that is also not widely known is that because there are so many different ones, um, there are penalties that tackle the SERP representations so or rich snippet penalties if, if, we're not, if we're cutting corners there, um, content, different types of content backlinks. All of these, they, are, they can be very specific or they can be very, very general. So they can be applied in a granular way, you know, if only bits and pieces of the website mm -hmm. are in violation or on the site level. And typically the message says so, and those penalties are not mutually exclusive. Meaning if the website mm. is having poor content, is also spamming um, rich snippets, and at the same time is buying on selling or selling links, that's potentially four different penalties that can be applied. And of course, they have to be addressed uh, separately because this is different issues. It is rare to happen. It's rare to happen. Mm. Most business you know most businesses are not this adventurous to say we're gonna go full black hat you know we don't care whatever happens happens um but of course it is it is a possibility i have seen these cases uh, these cases prior the good news is all of these can be fixed the less optimistic um perspective is it can take rather really long time yeah
Okay, cool. Yeah, that was so many, so many knowledge bombs, so much knowledge. Like, like it's awesome. I'm going to probably create a lot of quote tweets out of this conversation because there is just so much good in it. And of course, the links you mentioned are probably by now linked somewhere below. <laughs> so you can read them. And Casper, uh, one final question. Where can people find you, follow you? Because you you are such a such a great follow, the follow of the week, of the month, at least, or even of the year for me. <laughs> You're too kind, Olga. Thank you. Um, searchbrothers.com, uh, as you can see right next yeah. to my name, and that's our website. And if you uh, wish to follow me, uh, it's Cas underscore tweets, or just have a look at Twitter. Um, I'm not difficult to find. I'm rather active on LinkedIn, I have to say, with the professional network. Uh, most among us uh, use, utilize that was, as well. However, if you happen to be at a conference uh, where I'm actually speaking and presenting, please come approach me. Let's talk. Let's talk face to face. It will be my pleasure. I'll make sure to answer your um, personal questions, what you really care about. Or are we going to be talking about your friend's website if you want to do that? Whatever it is, <laughs> it will be my pleasure to meet some of the followers face to face. And I want to utilize the opportunity to say, Olga, it was a real pleasure. Um, great being on the show. Uh, I'll be happy to come again if you want to have me in some time. Yeah, and I'll talk to Philly so he can join the ranks um, of your own star speakers on that show. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone. And see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye now. Thank you.